Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is Quinn here with Lauren. How are you doing, Lauren? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm doing well. We, we were just talking about uh, uh, how, uh, how chill a day I had in relation to you who has been working all day and just got off, whereas yeah. <laughs> I've done nothing, nothing important or meaningful uh, with my day besides going to see a movie in the theaters, which we're going to be talking about, which I'm very mm-hmm. uh, excited to uh, share my thoughts about. But, uh, we've got uh, quite a bit to talk about. I think uh, last time we, we it was we we did, we had we did a pretty uh, a pretty hefty episode. I have a feeling we're going to pass we it. Did. Today, because we've got... Uh, I'm hoping not, but we have plenty to say. We'll see, we'll see, because uh, we're going to talk a little... Well, I, specifically, I'm going to talk a little Sundance, a couple things. In the, the grand tradition, two episodes into this podcast of us talking about movies that we haven't seen. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be doing more of that, uh, just based on the, the buzz I've been hearing from Sundance. We'll do a little uh, what we've been watching, and uh, we're getting into some Babylon, finally. Which is uh, mm-hmm. very exciting because uh, this is this is like a this is a big deal, especially in the for uh, for Lauren's uh, little world of hers. She, <laughs> this <laughs> seems like a very uh, a very important film that we we've been like saving our thoughts for. Like we, we just save it for the show because we're gonna save it for the uh, pod. I saw it. And I remember I saw it, and I because uh, you when I told you I was going, you're like, oh, let me know what you think, and I like texted you. I was like, I have so many thoughts, I like can't. Like I can't write it. Like I, I'm not gonna be able to text it to you. Like we have to actually like talk about it in person. <laughs> like that was almost the that was almost the basis of this podcast. Was right after we had that conversation about we need to have a conversation in person about this. We yeah, were like, basically. Should we just put this on the pod? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. So like, yeah, it's it's just funny because I, I was thinking before we recorded, I was like, man, we're we're very late to Babylon. And we're just behind on everything because we're also very late to Sundance, which which already with that wrapped up like I think like like two weeks like a week and a half two weeks ago. But uh, I've been mm-hmm. I've been listening. I've been catching catching the waves, catching the buzz. So I have uh, I have a couple things I'm uh, I'm pretty interested in. Do you want to just hop right into that? Sure. Did you did you so you didn't really follow? Did you do you ever look at? Sundance and like follow what's happening there is that not really your thing no I typically don't and it's kind of weird because I really like stuff like that but it's just never been one of those things that I sort of kept tabs on um but I do hear things of it you know in passing from different podcasts I listen to and people I follow on different social medias but no I honestly I I don't think I could name a single movie at it right now so right yeah, I, I never really like. I always knew it by by name, but I never really mm-hmm. got into it. Actually, until last year, just for some reason, there's a lot of shows I was I was also listening to that talked about it, and a lot of those movies I kind of like added to a list of like things to keep in mind, and a lot of them ended up being right. kind of big deals. I think it's it's something going forward. I actually I thought about this year. I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a virtual pass and try and see some of them, and it kind of just crept up on me. And before I knew it, it was already like half over. I was like, oh, like, I can't. I can't really hop in now mm-hmm. and kind of half-ass this. So I'm, I'm going to see about next year. Maybe I'll I'll, uh, I'll get a, like an online pass. They're still doing the virtual thing and try and check out some stuff. But uh, it's it's a lot more on my radar now because I found last year a lot of the movies that ended up being a big deal at Sundance were also big kind of talking points for the year. And I think it's kind of a good, it's yeah. a good like forecast of what the year of movies is going to be. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's you get a good mm-hmm. sense, especially like the kind of stuff that that. It, it definitely like Sundance is definitely my kind of vibe. I think a lot of the stuff that comes out there, I get really excited for. And then 
end up really enjoying later on. So that's, that was part of the reason I wanted to do this. I was listening pretty closely and there's a lot of, uh, there's a a handful. I've got maybe six movies here that I'm really interested in, but I've got like a much longer list of, uh, of stuff. The, uh, the first one I was really interested in was, uh, one that I, I don't know a ton about, but, uh, I've been hearing from a lot of people. I think, you, you know, cause we're, uh, we're both, uh, another actually just for the listeners, another, um, thing that was a big kind of impetus for the show was that Lauren and I, uh, both listened to the big picture podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, she's the only person <laughs> I know who, uh, that was when I knew we were going to be friends. Yeah. It's like, Oh, she, she, she actually listens to like my favorite movie podcast. And they've been talking a lot about this movie, Eileen, which ah, sounds I have heard of that, really, yeah. it sounds really interesting. It's, um, Thomas and McKenzie, who I, I kind of just like in everything. She's always really good. Even uh, even in stuff that the the movies I don't like, like the one, um, the Edgar Wright movie she did with um, Anya Taylor-Joy. What, do you remember what that one was called? It's escaping me. Hmm. No, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, like, e- even that movie that I didn't, I didn't love. Oh, uh, Last Night in Soho, that was the one. Oh my uh, God, I, you're I, so right. My literally... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't love that one, but I. I think she's. She's always good. I love and her. it's. It's her and yeah. Anne Hathaway, and it just sounds like Ugh, just a really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, Anne Hathaway. I love <laughs> but uh, it, it just. It, it, it's, it's. I don't really. I'm trying to stay away from. Like I, I was thinking about maybe reading the book before, but I feel like I just want to go into this one as blind as possible because I've been hearing some good buzz about it. And it just sounds, it sounds like it could be a real, like a really interesting one to like a parasite type, just go in not knowing anything and just see where it takes you kind of, kind of thing. So I'm, I'm looking, definitely looking forward to that. That's, that's like top of mind for like seeing when that's, uh, when that, who picks that up and when's that, when that's coming out. And then uh, there was a couple I was looking at here, um, a couple interesting documentaries, which uh, I'm always on the hunt for, uh, you know, I, I love a good documentary. I'm all love about it. love a good doc. There's uh there's one here um that I heard about called pianoforte, one word that uh, Ooh, sounds I really think good. I've it's heard of that actually. Yeah, it's it's basically it, it sounds a lot like this movie that I really loved from a handful of years ago called uh called Somme, as in like like sommelier the the like kind of masterclass wine tasters, mm-hmm. uh and it's it's basically about about a couple guys who are just like training to become master sommeliers and trying to pass this, like, like this super, super prestigious exams. There's only like a couple hundred of them in the world, like the kind of the master level. And it's just follows these, these guys as they're training and just like putting their like entire lives on hold just to, to try and do this thing. And this movie sounds very similar. It's about, uh, I, I believe high school students who are like all piano kind of prodigies, just trying to become like, like classical pianist and it just it it sounds it sounds really interesting I, I love a good documentary about just people who are like just incredible at their craft you know so that, that mm-hmm. one sounds sounds like it'll be a, a stressful and and fun and probably a heartbreaking watch but I'm I've heard a lot of good buzz about that I'm really excited for that one piano forte I haven't heard anything about if that got picked up or if uh, when that's coming out but I imagine it got a lot of good good word of mouth so i imagine that will get picked up by someone probably pretty soon if it hasn't already uh, a couple more i was looking at um there's a uh, a movie called uh landscape with invisible hand 
Uh, th- this one I don't. Another, this is another one that I'm kind of staying away from. Just tr- trying not to even read too much about it. All I know of it's kind of kind of a soft science fiction film. But the reason I'm interested is uh, is the director Corey Finley. Do you know Corey Finley at all? Um, the name sounds very familiar, but he's done two movies. He did uh, one called Thoroughbreds. Which uh, was uh, one of the, oh, the yeah. kind of breakout uh, Anya Taylor Joy uh, movies. Uh, maybe, I think it was like 2017, and that was her and uh, Olivia Cook, I believe. Which was it, it got a lot of acclaim. I wasn't a huge fan of that one, but uh, in uh, 2020, he released a super super underrated movie called Bad Education with uh, Hugh Jackman, which is like a, it was a true life story about a uh, school superintendent who defrauded his school for a bunch of money and. It's it, it was actually an HBO movie. I think it won a bunch of Emmys. It wasn't. I don't think it was. It was um, eligible for Oscars, which was kind of disappointing because I honestly think it would have been if it hadn't been kind of considered a TV movie. It would have been up for probably a lot of Oscars. I think. I think it's the best Hugh Jackman performance I've ever seen. It's yeah. a great movie. Bad Education, which is, it's just like criminally underrated. A lot of people. Just, it kind of just flew under the radar. A lot of people don't know about it, but it's great. So I'm I'm super in on anything uh, anything he's doing. Uh, there's a another documentary called Beyond Utopia, which is ju- it's just it, I mean this, the premise is they're following people who are trying to escape North Korea. And I was like, that's mm. that's all, that's literally all I need to know. That sounds like the best documentary. Like that that could be like the best documentary I've ever seen. That sounds incredible. That uh, I'm just I'm super excited for that. There's a there's a movie. Um, called rye lane that's got sort of a from what i've heard sort of a before sunrise before sunset before midnight kind of walk and talk kind of vibe which i'm super into are you into the uh the before movies at all no i don't i honestly don't think i've ever heard of them really (laughs) oh man do you think i would like them based on what you know about what i like i i honestly think it's hard not to like these movies like hmm I, like there it's basically it's uh it's Ethan Hawke and uh Julie Delphi and the 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 basically the the movies are just them kind of walking around and just like the first movie they kind of meet on a train they go on this like all night date and they're just basically just it's a walk and talk they're they're walking through the city and they're just talking it's almost more like a play than a movie love but it but the the wild thing about it was they they made one and then basically in real time over the next like two decades followed up with this couple so the first one is kind of their sort of meet cute and then like not it was the same director same actors like nine or ten years later they made the sequel and it kind of deals with what happened in between that time and then another 10 or 11 years later they made another one called before midnight which was them like kind of married and having all these sort of marital issues and so it kind of it's like over three movies it's like a portrait of like 20 years of a relationship it's hmm, it's really wild. Fun. It's it's really great stuff, and that's what I've heard. This uh, Rye Lane movie is uh, is it's, it's sort of uh, a, a take on on that kind of movie. So that sounds that yeah. sounds really really interesting. But yeah. the, uh, the the one I'm super super excited about is a movie called Talk to Me, which I believe they talked about on the big picture. So you, you might might have heard about this one. It's a it's a horror movie, and it's uh, another one I'm trying to kind of stay away from because it sounds like it sounds like it could be uh barbarian for uh, for this coming year it's a it sounds like really kind of just trippy and weird and messed up and it's just like everything i've I've, all the buzz i've heard about this movie i'm just like i'm 
dying to see this thing. It sounds amazing. So I'm just based on like the, what I've heard about Sundance, I think it's safe to say we're, we're going to have some really, really interesting stuff coming up this year. I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked about that. It's a, it was a really interesting lineup and a lot of stuff I'm already looking forward to, which is, uh, I think is a really good sign. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, that's me talking uh, about movies I haven't <laughs> seen for about ten minutes. Let's uh, <laughs> why don't we get into uh, uh, what we what we've actually seen a little bit. You wanna you wanna maybe kick us off with uh, with something? I'll shut up for a little bit. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for my thing, my first thing um, is another TV show. I'm something about me is that I love TV. I know I'm a movie mm. girl and. When I talk about my own acting, I am I consider myself more of a movie actor than a TV actor. Not that I don't love TV. I love TV. But I am a watcher of TV. I've always been a big TV person. Um, and I just started a show uh, recently called For All Mankind. And I believe it's an uh, Apple TV yeah. show. And um, I've actually started it a few weeks ago. I've just finished the first season. And God, it's really good. It's, I love shows that have a cinematic quality to them. I think I mentioned that when I talked about Mr. Robot. Yeah. Um, but it's so, I just really feel like, um, for the for those who have, don't know about the show, I'll give you a bit of synopsis. Um, so the concept for the show is um, uh, if... What what the world would be like if the Russians won the space race? So if if Russia made it to the moon before the U.S. and mm-hmm. I first of all I think what an interesting concept. Yeah, I, it's such a cool, I, I, love I love those that. kind of what if alternate history yeah. things. Always really fun. That's that's really and cool. I feel like they've just been doing it so well. Like, um, it's not a question I had. What if? You know, I I personally wouldn't have thought it would be any different. But you see, like, just what these little things, particularly like politically motivated things in the world. Because I'm also very um, interested in, um, you know, world events, world history, current events. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. Um, sort of what they think would have happened because obviously we can never know but you you don't realize the small things that are affected by things like this and just the stories of the characters I I imagine there's all kinds of like like small repercussions that kind of build on each other and end up being really big changes yeah it's like little things like um, they talk about like uh you know, um, women's rights and um, everything like that. They talk about um, the po- like how it would have affected the U.S. politically, and because yeah, I never think of space as like being political. Obviously, in this day and age, it's like not. It's you know, all the countries that have wanted to go to space are probably in space. You know what I mean? So like, you don't mm-hmm. even think about it anymore. We don't think about going to the moon as like a big thing anymore, but. At the time, it did have like real political repercussions and stuff yeah. like that. Well, because it's it's representative of like of what of like what the country can do. It's like a kind of yeah. like a nationalist thing. Yeah. So it's been really fantastic. The characters, um, you really do care about them. That's one thing with the show is if I don't care about the characters, 
it's garbage. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to watch it. I really do. Like, I'm really invested in the characters. I'm invested in their storylines. And I do like that it's... They really do tie into real people who would have been involved at that time period. You know, they, mm-hmm. they a lot of the characters are based on people who were involved. Obviously, there's artistic liberties with it, and, um, especially considering it's a take on, like, what if. But some of the characters involved, you know... Um, they talk about scandals that happened in their life. You know, would it have been, would the scandal have been different if they didn't get to space first? You know, it's, so it's been really interesting and um, yeah, it's, it's just been a really fun watch. It's, they do have some very serious themes in it. You know, they go from the fifties, sixties. Um, they might be up to the seventies now. I'm not sure where I'm at. Hmm. Um, and it's just a nice, portrait of that time period too which i really love i'm really into the 60s and 70s so that's super cool um and uh, yeah it's it's been just fun but it's also um you know it's a show that kind of makes you think a little which is nice and i always leave every episode like thinking about it like thinking Mm -hmm. about um the characters and their troubles and who I like and who I don't like and like what it is that like makes me not like them. So it's, it's just really great. I would recommend it to anyone. Um, the episodes are an hour long and it's a bit of, it is, a, they're dense episodes for sure. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's been really fun. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot about this show. I like a, a lot of uh, what I've heard about is that people say it's, it's like, there's a lot of kind of very slow character development at first, but mm. it really, yeah, it, like you need that because then later on everything kind of ties back together really well. Yeah, the That's first kind of the episode, I, I, I don't know if I was, I re- was recommended the show. So the first mm. episode, I don't know if I was like super invested. Um, but yeah, once you get past that, yeah, it's true. The characters do need a second to develop. And um, a lot of my favorite characters come in, you know, some episodes in for sure. But yeah. Mm, yeah, this one, this one's been on my list for a while. Like I kind of want to, I, I always got to figure it's not like an immediate, like I need to watch this. I'm, I'm almost like, I wonder yeah. if like, depending on how long it's going to run for him, like maybe I'll just wait until the entire series is, has happened. Then I can just like, I can just rip mm-hmm. through it, you know, really quickly and, yeah, and, and, I uh, and not like have to wait. I feel like what's nice about like period pieces too, um, is they're not like so timely. Like you don't have to watch it in like a moment because it's about another time period. You know, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. about whatever. Um, and I feel yeah. like I honestly like haven't, I personally haven't heard a ton about it online. So it's not like you're missing a moment to discuss mm-hmm. it with people on the internet. Like, yeah, it's not like so watching yeah. the last of us and you need to be caught up. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I also just love, uh, uh, I'm not sure if he's like a main character, but I know Joel Kinnaman is in the show and I love that mm. dude. Uh, he's, uh, he, he, I've just, I've, I've always like been really I- invested in him ever since there was a show years ago called uh, the killing that was, um, mm. uh, that was actually one I, I used to watch with my mom. Cause funny thing about my mom is she's very very into really really dark gritty like 
really kind of messed up like crime shows <laughs> and and the show was, was kind of a a perfect uh it was kind of a a, a perfect show for us it, it was, and he's just like i had never seen him before and, and it's 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 this this awesome kind of it's a almost got like a noir kind of like a neo-noir kind of vibe it's set in seattle so it's raining all the time it's like a, it's it's a it's a really good kind of very dark gritty detective show and i saw him in that and i was like that guy like that's that's one of my guys. Like I'll, I'll watch whatever he's in. So I'm, I would, that's one of the reasons I'm actually really interested in the show is just to check out what he's doing. Yeah. I, he's like, um, like the main guy in the show actually. Okay. So, so, and he has some really interesting, um, story points in it for sure. So yeah, it's a good watch. My my first one should should we just go right into uh, the most timely movie the one that I I just saw like a couple hours before we uh, before yeah. we uh, we got on here so I've seen the new M Night Shyamalan movie A Knock at the Cabin I've seen it so in the theater it was uh, on a it's a, a a Sunday night or I saw it at uh, one o'clock p.m. on Sunday so it was me and five other people in the theater I think <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, do, do you know, did, were you kind of interested in this at all? Did you have any kind of, like, inkling of wanting to see this? Or, like, or what, like what's your, what, what's your, yeah, do you have any kind of relationship to this movie? I definitely heard about it. Um, one of my good friends just went and saw it the other day. Um, I am not a horror movie person. Especially not M. Night Shyamalan. Like, I, I don't need to watch those movies. Um, and I never feel left out not seeing those movies, even if it's a big horror movie. I'm, I've never seen a Scream movie, and I'm perfectly con- content with that. Um, mm-hmm. So, no, I have not seen it. I will not see it likely. But I have heard <laughs> mm, decent reviews. The people who I know mm-hmm. have seen it said it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. No rave yeah, reviews, but... Yeah, that's that that's pretty accurate. It's a... Uh it's funny you say that because I, I think he, he kind of maybe just the last couple of years with he, he's been kind of delving this is M. Night Shyamalan I mean he's been diving a bit more into the horror space but he's actually never really I wouldn't really consider him a horror guy he's definitely like a yeah. it, I think there's a big distinction between him doing more like thrillers versus mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. straight up horror I'm not uh, a thriller person either though right <laughs> you don't like to be thrilled <laughs> <laughs> It's a uh, yeah he, he he but I mean like uh like pretty much everyone I have a complicated relationship with the uh, with M Night because I do like some some of his movies I absolutely love like uh uh Unbreakable I, I, is 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 amazing I think Signs ninety percent of Signs I love I don't love the ending of that movie but uh, I think it's uh, most of it I, I really really like besides the uh, the Mel Gibson of it all makes it hard to rewatch which I, I did recently and that that's it's complicated but uh, but it is uh, for the most part a really good movie uh, I even I'm kind of a defender of the village which I know is controversial a lot of people don't like that movie I think it's actually aged quite well uh, and he, he's he but he's so hit or miss you know like like I, I watched mm-hmm. his um, before this his most recent movie old which was like oh, a, a nightmare to get through that movie is just is just awful the writing is terrible the acting isn't is is brutal it's just it's over stylized to the point of being distracting it's just it just doesn't work on any level at least for me no. so I, I i'm always but the thing is he's 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 capable of so much and like mm-hmm. just as a visual storyteller i think he's like he's just one of the best he's 
I, I always, I was looking actually, I was looking forward to this one more than maybe uh, something like old, some of his more recent stuff, just because I always find with the M night stuff is like, technically speaking, like I said, like visually, he's an amazing storyteller and like, he knows what he's doing with the camera. He knows how to compose a shot. He's almost got like a Spielberg kind of visual sense. He's, he's really, he's got a really good sense of like of scale and of making these kind of dramatic visual moments. And I just think visually he's an incredible director, but just his writing sometimes can just be really, really tough. And his writing and his dialogue can be hard to sit through, but this time he's actually adapting a novel. So I, I was, I was hopeful that maybe some of the parts of him that I don't love might kind of be sanded down on this one. Uh, but he did do the adaptation. So I kind of went in cautiously optimistic because uh, I did actually re- read this novel. It, the, the book is called uh, The Cabin at the End of the World, uh, which was a book that I didn't really love. I thought it was it's a really great premise, and, and it didn't really come together uh, in the end. I, I kind of felt like it, it kind of whiffed on the ending in a big way. But uh, I was still quite interested in this one. So basically the, uh, the, um, the sort of setup for the book and the, uh, and the movie is it's... Um, it's a, a couple. It's um, the one guy I didn't recognize, but it was Jonathan Groff, who I love, oh, who's from right. uh, from Hamilton movie. and from oh. Frozen and from Mindhunter. Yes. The, the guy is, is so, and yeah, he's he's so uh, diverse <laughs> and and just consistently great. I love that guy. He's 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 the best. Uh, it's him and it's it's a, a gay couple and their adopted daughter, who's I believe says she's eight in the film, so pretty young. And uh, Dave Bautista shows up Ooh. while they're uh, vacationing at their, they have a little uh, beach house um, shows up with uh, Rupert Grint from uh, the, also known as Ron Weasley from Harry Potter <laughs> and, uh, and a couple of women. And they basically break into this house, tie them all up and say, um, this is not really a spoiler because it's kind of the setup of the movie, but uh, basically the, uh, if you don't want to know the, the, the total setup, you could skip ahead a little bit, but basically the concept is these guys say you have to sacrifice one of your family, one of the three of you in order to prevent the apocalypse. And basically the movie is, it, it almost similar to what I was talking about with the kind of the before sunrise, uh, those movies is it, it's a, it's the kind of one location. It's like seven actors basically in the whole movie. And it's very much feels like a play. It's very contained which usually would really be my thing, but I was, I have to say I was a little disappointed with this movie. I think it's, it's, it was, it felt very it, similar to like what we talked about last, last time on uh skin and rink where on paper, I think I would love this movie and then I actually see it. And it just, it just felt a little inconsequential. If that makes sense. It was, it was, it, it just felt like I, I saw it. And I walked out. I was like, I don't think I'll ever think about that movie again. Very, forgettable it's it's serviceable you know like the directing was solid there's some interest he had some interesting ideas i think actually dave batista was was honestly incredible in this movie though he was the real real highlight i think he, he's uh he's really like uh i, I really I, I really like him i think he's he's uh, like i don't want to say underrated because i think he's kind of people are realizing that he's really he's really good but he's uh but he, he's yeah he, i think he's he's picking some really interesting stuff and uh, and doing some really good work, and he's he's great in this movie. He's he was the like the perfect pick for this character based on on uh, what I remember from the book. Uh, and he he was he 
he really embodies the role really well. I thought he was excellent. And and actually the young girl, the daughter was, uh, was really good. Jonathan Groff was good. This, uh, the, the acting for the most part was, was solid. I thought the direction was, you know, solid, not, not amazing. Kind of also whiffed on the ending. It's a bit different from the book. Uh, but, um, I, yeah, I kind of felt like both times they kind of, it just, it didn't really tie together. It, it, it was, it was a hundred, it was an hour, 40 minutes. And it's, I still kind of felt like mm. it was padded a little bit. It felt like, it felt like it could have been a really solid 80 minute movie, mm. but, uh, it's, yeah, it just, it was frustrating. Cause I could almost see, I could see that this could have been a really amazing movie, but it ended up just kind of right. feeling just it's kind of serviceable, just kind of, it just not not better than the sum of its parts, if that makes sense. Cause mm-hmm. there, there's so much talent behind this and it just kind of felt like just, just average. It, it was a kind of like a, like a perfect like three out of five stars, which was really not what I was looking for. When, when I, when I go to see an M night Shyamalan movie, I want to either see a disaster or I want to see something amazing, which I think we're kind of conditioned to, to expect with his movies and to just see something that's just kind of okay. was ar- arguably more disappointing than if it had been a disaster you know what i mean i i almost in a weird way kind of wish it had either been like amazing or even like been a disaster like old and i kind of would have enjoyed it more in in a sense but uh i I think it's it's one that's if you're looking to just kind of check out something kind of just just kind of base level entertaining it's fine i can't say rush out to go see this one it would probably play fine at home i think it's one you could watch when it hits streaming it's not it's not something you need to to run out and see i would say which is which is too bad because i i what the one thing i really or one of the things i really love about Shyamalan's movies is that it always seems like an event whenever he puts out a movie for uh whether it's good or bad it's it's always it's always something to talk about but this one there just wasn't that much there so i i can't totally recommend it but uh i didn't have a terrible time just uh wanted a little bit more um all right uh, for my second watch, um, I saw John Wick for the first time. Oh, really? The, yeah, the first one? The first one, yeah. Uh, it's my boyfriend's like favorite uh, series, I suppose, series of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wanted me to watch all of them before the next one comes out. So we started with the first one. Um, it was never a movie that I had been interested in seeing obviously i'd heard about it i know lots of people who've seen it um i'm not a big action movie kind of person um i don't typically watch action movies um but obviously i was like okay i'll watch this love keanu reeves so i thought it can't be that bad Mm -hmm. Um, is this like a you guys are gonna watch all of them because i know the fourth one's coming out this year is that is that kind of the plan the plan is to watch all three so that i know what's happening in the fourth Right. Um, not my idea, but I will go along with it. Um, so I'm sure everyone knows about John Wick, but um, essentially it's about this guy who was a hitman or something of the sort. And uh, he gets away from the life so that he can marry his wife and have a better life and whatever. And then his wife dies uh, tragically. And um, the last thing he leaves... She, the last thing the wife leaves him um, is a puppy so that he doesn't have to grieve alone, which I was bawling. I was crying so hard. That is so sweet. And so he starts his you know grieving process with this dog. And then um, 
stuff happens and uh, these, I don't know, hoodlums, if you want to call them, uh, kill the dog. And uh, so Keanu Reeves, the ex-hitman, sort of, I don't know, temporarily restarts his life as a hitman to get revenge for them killing the dog, which was like the last tie to his wife, right? Um, So um, when I heard that plot, I was like, this actually sounds like a pretty good movie. Like, that doesn't sound bad. My biggest problem is that they don't really tie back into that very often. Like, at the beginning, you know, they talk about it a lot, obviously, but they don't come back to the wife or, like, sort of the driving point of this movie enough for me. Um, I felt like, you know, my biggest issue with action movies is just, like, I feel like there's no substance. And I did feel that many times throughout this movie. Um, I did, one thing I did really enjoy is the world building in this movie. I really felt, you know the characters and their relationship to each other. And um, it's not much of a spoiler because this movie's been out for a really long time, but there's this hotel that all the hitmen go to. And, um, you know, the hotel staff are all in on it and stuff. And the sort of rule is that, like, you can't know being a hitman while you're in the hotel. It's like a safe place to be a hitman. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really enjoyed that you know, that location for everything. It it really brought you into the world. It brought you closer to the characters. I think it was just like a really interesting choice. Like, I think, I thought that was really cool. Um, and yeah, so I, I did enjoy parts of it. Um, I think the performances were good. I had no problem with the acting. I just, I just often am left wanting more when it's an action film. I, I don't care for long scenes of cars running into each other people shooting at each other i don't really care about that yes yeah, so sometimes with, with those kind of movies like i found with especially like with john wick 2 and uh, and 3 i couldn't even finish because I, I just felt like watching it and seeing the stunts and seeing keanu actually doing it it's like i, I felt like i was impressed but i wasn't enjoying it you know <laughs> it's just like oh that's like cool yeah. they did that but it doesn't necessarily make the actual movie good yeah Um, so I didn't care for it that much, but it was interesting to see. Um, yeah, I suppose I'll be watching three more of these movies, so I will record back. If you you didn't love the first one, they only get more, they only get more, uh, into the action scenes and I would say less into the story as they go. So you're going to have fun with that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I thought it was lacking, story the biggest thing it's lacking is story elements because it's shot really well great acting the stunts are great like the action is good i just felt like it was missing um substance and i know a lot of people love action movies um but they're definitely not for me um Mm. but uh, they may be playing a bigger role in my life now that i have (laughs) so we'll see maybe i can grow to love them yeah, I definitely know what you mean. It's like like the I mean that that movie and any of the sort of especially the first one, any of the sort of story beats like this the stuff with his wife and with a dog is really it's not thematic, it's more of a means to an end just to tell 
the story and do what they, or like just to do what they want to do. It's not 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 everything's going to tie back to his grief about you know the the people he's lost. It's yeah. they kill his dog so that he has so that we can he can kill a bunch of people on screen and we can still empathize with them. You know, it's exactly. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's 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 a means to an end. All right, so uh, just in, in the interest of not having this be a uh, five-hour-long podcast, I'm only going to talk about uh, about one more movie. Uh, if uh, if you want to see all the things that uh, that we've been watching, you can uh, feel free to follow us on Letterboxd, which is uh, which will be in the uh, description there because uh, we've yes. been uh, we've watched seen a lot more that we're talking about here. Uh, I, I do want to briefly mention this isn't actually my, my pick, but I did watch uh, half of a couple movies. <laughs> I watched uh, uh, the new uh, Michael Bay movie Ambulance, or at least I tried to, which was, I kind of feel the same way about that, that you felt with John Wick, where it was just, like, I, I thought I was going to really enjoy it, but it was such a, I, I just couldn't turn my brain up, off enough for it, and I just, at a certain point, I was just like, this is just so mindless, and I thought I, thought I was down for kind of just some mindless fun, and I just couldn't get into the action there felt like there was no stakes it just at a certain point it was just like it, it was just like i was overstimulated and <laughs> and i just i just couldn't could not deal with this thing and uh so i i ended up turning that one off and then i tried to watch elvis uh which was also an overstimulating experience and i just don't get it i just don't get it like I don't. I had watched. I had watched. Uh, I, I mean, I mentioned this last time, but I watched Walk Hard with uh, my buddies the night before, which it's just amazing to me that they could still make a movie like this after like Walk Hard came out in like two thousand seven, and like the f- I just can't take any. Ever since then, I can't take any music biopic seriously, and this movie it was just like I, I just could not stand it. it. It just it was driving me up the wall. I I, I just can't do oh, it with Elvis. Yeah. All the, all the power to you if you like it, but it is just not for me. Not for me. And like, I, I, I get what you were saying about Tom Hanks. Tom, Tom Hanks was an absolute nightmare. In that, in that movie. This is the weirdest Tom Hanks performance you will ever see. Like, I don't, I'm a big lover of this movie. I thought, I recommended that he saw it. Like, um, I have, I think it's, Oscar, it's gonna win Oscars. Like I'm excited mm-hmm. for it, but the Tom Hanks of it all was jarring and off-putting and just strange. It, yeah, it's, it's it's just such a weird movie, and I was just not just not on the wavelength. It's just it's just it's certainly not made for me. So the uh, what what I uh, we don't we don't have to argue too much about Elvis. I don't I don't honestly don't have that many thoughts. It's just not my thing. But what I what is my thing was very much my shit is uh, a movie I watched surprisingly for the first time uh, off the recommendation of uh, uh, my friend Aubrey from uh, the killing time podcast, which I've been on a couple times to horror show. We've had a lot of fun on that show. And he, he recommended uh, attack the block. Have you, you ever, uh, <gasps> I've, you ever seen that? I saw that movie when I was really little. That's so funny. Oh man, I I had heard so, so much weird. about it, and uh, it's been on my list forever. And when he mentioned it, I was like, okay, I I, I gotta I gotta finally uh, get into this. I think this was um, let me see here, yeah, twenty eleven. So it's been it's I think I probably was eleven or twelve. Yeah. But uh, man, I am like, did you ever watch a movie and you're like mad that you hadn't seen it earlier? 
<laughs> like, like that was how I felt with this. I've been like, I've been living my life for so long, not having experienced this movie. I love this movie. Like, yeah, it, pretty much everything about it. It's just like, it's a, it's just like, it's lean. It's tight. The script is really fun. Like John Boyega is just, I, I see why after this movie, he kind of, he just got elevated and he kind of became a really big deal because he's just, He's so good in this movie. I, I'm actually surprised some of the other actors didn't uh, didn't seem to go on to, uh, to too much. I couldn't find a lot about a lot of the a lot of his kind of his crew in the movie, but he he's like it, like just, it's great performances. It's a super. It, it's one of those ones that it's a it's kind of a low budget movie, and and some of the effects that they pulled off, and just what they were able to do with with their budget was really impressive. But I find sometimes those kind of movies, same thing, like like I said, with John Wick is you're more like impressed than you're actually enjoying it. And it almost distracts because I can't help watching it and just thinking like, oh, how did they do that with like such a low budget? Like, how did they do this? How did they pull this off? But this movie just moves at such a great pace. And it's just it's so well executed that I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just I was just enjoying the hell out of it. I, I could not have had a better time watching this movie. It's like it's yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like what I wanted one. Yeah, it's it's just like 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 I was I was saying about that movie she said on our last episode. It's just uncomplicatedly good. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just it's it's really like the dialogue is snappy, all the acting's great, the the story is really simple but really fun. The uh, the effects are really good. It's uh, it's exciting. It's it's got uh, it's got actually a pretty good, uh, pretty interesting kind of character arc for John Boyega's character. Uh, just really, just really great, uh, great filmmaking all around. It's it's like what I wanted. Uh, something like Stranger Things to be, where it's like like it it has that that uh, it, it feels almost like an Amblin movie. It's got kind of an '80s throwback sort of vibe, but not not beating you over the head with it. It's just kind of got that. It's got like the spirit of it without trying to replicate something like that, which I really appreciated. It's uh, it's just it's just like a a just a beautiful fun time. I, <laughs> I, 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 I like just watched it uh, like a week and a half ago and I, I'm like, just talking about it. I'm like, I, I, I might watch it again tonight. <laughs> I'm, I, I just, I wish I had, I, I can't believe I've been depriving myself of this movie. It's like, it's, it's just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mad that I hadn't seen it sooner. It's, it's, it's so much fun. It's a, it's a, it's a great watch and a great hang. Kind of hard not to like. All right, should we? Uh, you ready to get into some uh, some Babylon here? I'm so excited to get into Babylon. What we've all been waiting for. This is. <laughs> I should say, but before we kind of start talking about the way, I mean, this movie's out on VOD now. Like, we're gonna mm-hmm. as much as you can spoil this movie, which I don't really necessarily think you can. I think there's really one that part. Thing. I, there's one part I think but, you can spoil. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think we can go ahead and say this is probably going to be a spoilers conversation. This so, like, is big spoilers. Go go go! Watch it, please. If you haven't, like, just just watch it. It's uh, it you'll you'll certainly get something out of it, whether you like it or not. Yeah, it's you kind of got to see it. But uh, so I know this is like like Damien Chazelle is like very much your guy. Hey, a hundred percent. Were you like 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 how high were your like? Tell me about like what was your experience just seeing this? Like were your expectations like through the roof when you went to the yeah. theater to see this? So I had really high expectations. I love Damien Chazelle. Um, I've said before, I think I said this last time, um, La La Land is like my favorite movie of all time. So (laughs) another movie about Hollywood from him, I was ecstatic about. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually, um, 
a few years ago, I think it was 2018, um, an acting teacher of mine got access to the script, the entire script. That's like on the DL. I don't know where she got it from, but she told me, don't tell anybody you have the script. Sorry, I'm telling everybody now. Um, but somehow, I don't know who she knew, but she knew someone who either auditioned for it or something. And she had the entire script. And we read it in class as a group. And even when I read it, and that must have been, I mean, a pretty early version of the script because it just came out, yeah. right? Well, you, you, you sent um, it to me and I, I read it like right after I saw mm-hmm. the movie, like a day later. And there's definitely, I didn't read the whole thing. I read probably the first 30 pages yeah i mean it's a long it's, movie right it's it's very similar but there's definitely you can see parts that were cut and parts that were sh- mm-hmm. kind of shuffled around order like it's the bones were there but it is very different in a lot of ways so it's definitely an early draft yeah but um even when i read it i just knew like this would be right up my alley um mm-hmm. i think for me the biggest thing that i was excited to see come to life was the first scene um and mm-hmm. i think Having read the script version of it, you really see, like, the kind of writer I think Damien Chazelle is and I think how good of a writer he is. Um, Sometimes when you watch a movie, you don't know, you know, necessarily where the best parts are coming from. Was it the writing? Was it the directing? Was it the acting? Because sometimes the lines can be a little blurred, but I think it really shows how good of a writer he is because even just reading the scene the well the first bit right um Mm -hmm. you could immediately see this come off the page like and it's funny the the um seeing it in the movie is almost exactly how i envisioned it like it's just so Mm -hmm. clear he had such a clear point of view with it a clear like vision for it um so it's really cool to be able to see it from like pre-production to a fully formed movie. Um, I love movies that are a spectacle, like that are a big event, make you really feel Mm -hmm. something. I think that's why I love La La Land so much. I still listen to the songs and they they make me cry. Um, (laughs) And I just like movies where I feel like I'm on the edge of my seat the whole time. I feel like a flutter in my heart, like, that's what I really enjoy. And I think his movies do that really well, especially because I love like the old Hollywood, um, just everything about old Hollywood. So it's, I thought it was such a fun movie. That's my new Mm. things. Calling movies fun, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I I had such a different sort of experience. Cause I like, yeah, I knew, I knew, basically all I knew about the movie was, was kind of the basic idea of that it was about kind of the transition from silent film to, uh, mm-hmm. to films with sound. And I knew who the director was, I knew who was in it. And then apart from that, I tried to just not watch anything and sort of go into it totally blind. So watching the, that first scene was really kind of just took me like, cause they really like, it, in a certain sense, it feels very much like, Damien Chazelle but then also he's never really done something on that scale so that mm-hmm. the first kind of party really scene really kind of kind of knocked me out and I was like wow like what am I watching and I, and I mean I, I saw it it was actually kind of a funny it was, it was similar to how I saw uh just saw knock at the cabin where I, I saw it kind of, I think on a weekend like just, just early early in the day it was like me and maybe maybe six or seven other people and uh it, so it was very kind of it was 
a muted crowd, but just like it, it, it's, it's hard like not to just get. It's such a contagious energy at the beginning of the movie that even with just like I could be sitting in the theater by myself and I would just be like elated just watch watching that scene. It's so tense and so like overblown in a good in in a good way and just like contagious like that that energy. And I think it it really it's it rolls through really well for the first. I definitely can say I enjoyed the first half of the movie way more than I enjoyed the second half. I think mm. the, it's, it's funny you mentioned the the writing is I actually kind of felt very differently about it where I felt huh, like really overall the movie, I felt it was a very flawed, arguably not great movie that I absolutely loved <gasps> watching. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Wow. I, I feel like, just like writing wise, I feel like there wasn't really a ton that he was saying that I hadn't seen a million times mm-hmm. before. I didn't think thematically That's it was very strong. And I, I love a good, like good, like it actually reminded me a lot of Goodfellas in a sense where it's got that kind of the, the big rise and the big fall, you know, and it's, and th- normally I love that kind of thing. I just felt like there wasn't enough substance to the story that when everything started falling wow. apart for the characters, I was, I really cared. So I definitely found that I loved the first half way more. I love the second half, but even even when I wasn't like, even when I was like, I don't know if this is a great movie. I'm still I was still loving the hell of watching it. So it's a very if if I feel very two ways about it. But overall, I still even like flaws and all. I I I I, I had an amazing time watching it. I, I I'd be very curious. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd be very curious to watch now that it's it's out at home to revisit it and see if it kind of had the same impact for me because i think like i think i told you uh off mic a while ago like probably like 75 80 percent of what i loved about this movie was just like the music in is the music like you, course, you could argue so about cool. how good or bad the, the movie is i don't think you can argue that the music is bad in this movie the music is no, unbelievable it's... in the theater it just sounded incredible and just it, it just drives the momentum of the movie and i think that like I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a movie that I would really have enjoyed nearly as much if I hadn't seen it in the theater. Do, do you have a yeah. sense of you feel like that? I agree with that. Um, bringing it back to La La Land again, I've never mm-hmm. seen La La Land at home, but I've seen it in theaters. I think hmm. five or six times now. I think I saw it four times when it was originally um, in theaters, wow. and I saw it once again actually just last year. Um, Because they were playing at a local theater. And I think this is a movie that I would... There's certain movies I just feel like it's sacrilegious to watch at home. I I wouldn't get the same um, Mm -hmm. feel from it. Uh, And yeah, certain movies are meant to be seen on a big screen. This is one of them 100%, I think. Especially because sound is like such a big thing in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I also just think like being so fully immersed in it. Um, you said you were in a dead theater. I was in a theater with maybe like five or six other people too, but they were mm-hmm. very, it was an excited crowd. Like you could hear every gasp, every like people were <laughs> laughing out loud. It was, yeah. So I was in a great theater for it. Um, but yeah, I would never watch this at home to be honest. Never. Right. And did you find, uh, like, like I was saying, like, I, I only, I connected way more to the, um, the kind of the, the bombast of the first half of the movie more. Did, did you find that all or did you kind of, did you connect like all the way through where you, you just with them all the way through? I see what you mean. I do get that point. Um, but it didn't take me out of it by any means. I think 
to me, like the second half, it just felt like, I don't know. Um, it didn't put me off to it at all. I don't know. Mm. They were just, I don't know, continuing the characters. I, I see it wasn't as, well, until certain parts. Um, I guess we it, it's, they know it's spoilers now. Mm. When they get to, um, which I want to talk about this in great detail, maybe later, okay. but um, the part where he, after he's met with Tobey Maguire, I don't remember the character's name. Also, yeah. to- we need to talk about Tobey Maguire in this movie. But <sighs> once we get to that part, I mean, I i don't know if I've ever been, especially since I'm not a horror movie person, I've never been so horrified yet <laughs> engaged with the screen. You know, I, like I was never lost in this movie. I was never tired or mm. bored or waiting for the next part to begin. I was always fully engaged. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that's that's funny. I I think you you just you must have just kind of bought into it more than I did because I I found a, <laughs> yeah. a lot of that stuff like the stuff with Tobey Maguire. It, like I think actually a lot of the kind of I'm, I'm talking very negatively. I I really enjoyed this movie, but <laughs> I just think it's very yeah. it's very flawed. I still really loved it, but I I just mm-hmm. felt like there's a lot of stuff like the whole like Tobey Maguire section felt almost like it was a, kind of what I felt about this whole movie is like Damien Chazelle put. Like just he had he had a hundred ideas and he put every single idea into the movie and didn't really worry about whether it was cohesive or whether it needed to be there and I felt like he just had like he was like oh I I kind of want to have like I kind of want to make a horror movie why don't I just make the horror movie inside this movie I'm already making and it just it felt like like that scene I felt like the scene where they're uh, after that the one party they're they're fighting the rattlesnake a lot of that stuff oh, yeah. felt like he just had this, he just had this idea and he was like, that would be cool to be in, to put in here without kind of, but if it, it just felt messy and it felt like he was just throwing things in there. That, mm-hmm. Like, I definitely think this needed uh, to be cut down. I don't think it needed to be three hours at all. I think it, I there's a lot of stuff. I think, I think you could, this, it felt like watching a director's cut to me. Like, I, I, I think, don't have a yeah, problem I think with you could have made though. it way more cohesive. Do you, you just want always... it to be pure Chazelle? This could Injected be right into your okay. veins. <laughs> yeah. Usually, I'm very anti-long movies. Like, I need a 19-minute mm-hmm. movie. Like, be for real. But mm-hmm. this movie, and I felt this way about Elvis as well. So obviously, we're so very different people. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind a long movie if I'm engaged the whole time. That's my biggest problem with long movies is they usually lose mm-hmm. me at some point. In Elvis and in Babylon. There was not a moment I was not on the edge of my seat, super mm. engaged. Right. So it was. Yeah. It's. It. Yeah. I just. I guess didn't buy into the spectacle as much as as you did. I just I wasn't. Think I love I spectacle. Wasn't, right. I, I just. I just found like. I think maybe it was just because I was more focused on the writing side of it, and I just felt like it wasn't as cohesive as it could have been. I think. Like. I feel like if you edited this down to two hours it could be like a really really sharply written movie but there was just a lot of stuff that i felt like i'm still like i'm glad i saw it <laughs> but i'm wow. not sure it totally needed to be there and it was just like i said it just felt like it's um this is kind of like what we were gonna kind of parlay this conversation into because i feel like there's a lot of movies coming out like this but it just felt like like it almost it almost felt like a i know this isn't the case and he's gonna make another movie but it feels like if he never made another movie again that wouldn't make sense because I just feel like he put 
like everything he had into this movie and just I mean they, they spent a lot of money on this movie and yeah. did he I feel like just like this movie feels like like I think this is like, like watching this movie I was like I feel like I'm in his brain like I'm in Damien Chazelle's brain this is like this is what <laughs> this is what like <laughs> this is what he like sees when he goes to sleep like it's just it, it was but it was just so much and he, and he put just mm-hmm. yeah it's I... it just yeah it, it just didn't uh, yeah, I, I just wanted it. I wanted le- I wanted less uh, uncut Giselle, I guess, in the, in my movie because he's he's a guy I, I I really appreciate and I I like, but he like he's not one of like it sounds like he's like one of your favorite filmmakers. Is that I would accurate? say because because sure. that's, say... that's not the same for me. I, I really respect him and I I love his movies, but he's not totally that guy for me. Wow. No, I. I... Yeah, I love I love a spectacle movie. I love a spectacle, I think. I think that's part of why I love acting in Hollywood is mm. the spectacle of everything. And I am one of those people. They always talk about, you know, um, the Academy is always a sucker for a movie about Hollywood. I am one of those people. Mm-hmm. I am a sucker for a movie about <laughs> Hollywood. I'm a sucker for, as someone who grew up in musical theater too, like big right. musical moments that make you feel something and there is a there's like an essence of theater in all of this um mm-hmm. for sure and i think i see what you mean by it does feel like just a lot of stuff thrown into a movie but i don't i personally don't feel like it was a bad you know um version of that it reminds me of a book and god i wish i could remember what the book is it's a famous book mm-hmm. but I read it in English 11 or something. And it was the same kind of, th- it was a very famous book, a very critically acclaimed book. But the thing is, was that it was, it, it was, it felt like everything, every idea they had was just thrown into it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something we sort of talked about in the class or whatever. Um, and it, you just reminded me of that when you said that. Um <laughs> But I think I think one of the things for me that is so effective with this movie is, yes, they are just a bunch of the most famous people right now. Like the Tobey Maguire part is so weird. When I saw him, I didn't know he was going to be in this movie. When I saw <laughs> Tobey Maguire doing this absurd character, character like Nightmare like, like Bill. it was so weird but there's one of the things i feel has been lacking in movies in the last little while is people love movie stars people love famous people i want to go see a movie with my favorite actors in it who are like clearly having a great time and i feel like Mm -hmm. to film this movie would have been i'm sure there was nightmare moments but it just felt like everybody was having a great time toby Mm mcguire probably was having the time of his life playing that character and i felt that and it made me sure i know that's toby mcguire i know he's not some you know creepy weird guy in real life he's not that character well i don't know if you read uh you read molly's game it, it turns out, from from what I've heard, he might actually be a really weird guy. <laughs> but you know, like I I knew it was this caricature. I I wasn't, you know, super, you know, I don't know, I don't know. But 
I don't know where I was going with that point. But, you know, <laughs> it, it made me just chuckle along. I felt like I was in on a joke. I know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I can't think of, there's a word I'm trying to think of, and it's ruining my point that I can't think of. <laughs> I mean, that that's a, we'll see what comes back to that. that that's a good um, uh, kind of transition into what I actually want to ask you about. So what did you think of the performances? The acting performances? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're all fantastic. Um, minus, I do think Brad Pitt was a slightly odd choice. I had heard on, um, I'm not sure where I heard this, but someone said it felt like they offered the part to Leonardo DiCaprio and he declined. Mm-hmm. So they asked Brad Pitt. Yeah. I really I totally see that. that. Yeah. Um, I, it was a slightly, I would say even jarring choice for Brad Pitt. Like he, he was the only one to me that kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. It didn't take me out of the movie, but. I mean, he just didn't put, it didn't feel like he put a ton of effort into it. It was almost like he was kind of sleepwalking through the performance and it's, it's, uh, it's, it was adequate, but not, not, but it, 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 he didn't, uh, he didn't totally, uh, totally give his all into it yeah but yeah i I, um i I kind of felt the 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 same way about him but like overall i thought the performances i didn't think the script necessarily gave them a ton to work with i think like Mm -hmm. the characterizations weren't super super strong but like it just like the the the, the sheer power of margot robbie is kind of undeniable like she she was she's she's just she's just compelling to watch like what, like she, she's just like she's really like a like the embodiment of a movie star it's like she could kind of do anything and it would be something to watch i think she she was like she she did a lot more with that than i think most people who got that role because it wasn't it's not a super super meaty character but i just thought she was fantastic in the movie honestly i was uh, yeah. I, I shouldn't say blown away because i'm i always expect her to be good but i was uh, i was just really impressed and the uh uh, do you remember? Do you have his name? Uh, it was uh, Diego something. Uh, Diego yeah. Calva. Yeah, I, I I thought he was great actually. I think they had a really good really good chemistry. His character was felt also felt a little half baked to me, and it's it's kind of a kind, they hmm. both kind of were in a similar spot for me. Where I think with a lesser talent, it just it wouldn't have there wouldn't have been much there. But I, I think he brought a lot to it that wasn't necessarily there on the page. I agree. And I think a character that we haven't really brought up at all yet is uh, Joven Adepo, who played Sydney. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He was, he was great. I, sometimes I don't love when they sort of do, like, I don't want to call it a side bit, because it, it, was, it was part of the main story, but it wasn't, like, the main thing. Sometimes I don't love that in a movie, like, when they sort of have, like, the I don't know. Sometimes I think it can be done really weirdly, but I really enjoyed um, his scenes. Um, I really enjoyed his character. I really enjoyed his performance. I think um, I love jazz too. That's another thing. Why I love La La Land. I love jazz. (laughs) So I really enjoyed um, his sequences, especially in the second half of the movie. Um, and I think it was, 
I think with this story, it was to show Manny's journey, obviously, um, especially when they get mm-hmm. to the black, would you call it blackface? The, um, yeah, the darkening of the skin in that one scene. Um, that was a mm-hmm. really powerful scene for me. I really was like on the edge of my seat, really like couldn't believe what was going on. And I feel like it was done really well. And I, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed his character. I think um, I agreed that the character could have been a bit of a nothing character if done by a different actor. Um, so I think he brought so much life to that storyline. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing I always find with, uh, I found it much more in this than a lot of his, than his other movies, but with Damien Chazelle, I think he's, he's really like, cause he's such a talented director. He's really like, he writes to direct in a way. Like he's, He's yeah. not. At, he's not really focused on the character so much as he writes something he can direct the hell out of, and he he writes as a director. So I don't think I think the the characterizations weren't super super strong, and then that that character was another thing where I just I felt like that could have been his his its own movie. I think he was just yeah. He just wanted. He just kind of plugged another <laughs> another story into this movie, and it was it it did it. I, I like. I love that it's it was kind of taking i think like same with like margot robbie's character is kind of a composite of a bunch of different real life actresses and yeah. I, I noticed actually in the script um she was actually named i can't remember who it was but she was actually uh, uh the one the original script you sent me she was actually named something else she was she, i think she was actually originally the one of the silent film stars they kind of reference in the movie mm-hmm. and later on down the line in production they ended up making her just kind of a composite character. And it was kind of the same with him for a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, black, uh, musicians at the time or like, like, or just, just for jazz in general. And I, I like that story, but it did feel a little thrown in and rushed in a way. Mm. I think it could have been See, focused on more. Agree. There were definitely some, I, I thought there were some liberties that he took with even just the ascension of, of the, of Diego's character of Manny, where he, he points out, he said, Hey, what if we, what if we film this guy cut to now he's, he's just a really successful director. It kind of, it kind of felt like mm-hmm. we were just a train that couldn't stop it. We can't, we can't, we can't stop and focus on this story because we've got 10 other stories we're trying to tell at the same mm-hmm. time. We can't, we, we have to just keep going and going and going. That, that was something that kind of, hmm. kind of bugged me a little bit. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, I, I definitely think like the, it, it would not be the same movie without, without Diego and without mm-hmm. uh, without Margot Robbie and Jean Smart also was I mean she's always good but I thought she was really really great in this movie just kind of <laughs> popping in and out and like every time she was on screen I was like just give me as much of her yeah. I, I always feel like that every time I see her but it's <laughs> like just give me more of her always I thought she was great yeah well rumor had it I don't know if this was like a confirmed thing or just the speculation but originally um margot robbie's part was gonna be emma stone and i loved that when i heard that but i think it would have been a very different movie Mm. yeah i I could just an interesting i could see that actually that is an interesting i i I mean she she works so well with damon chazelle obviously but it's but she was like just margot robbie is just embodied that role so much it is kind of hard to see someone else Mm-hmm. doing that she was she was really just kind of perfect for it and it's really it it's it's a movie star part for a movie star yeah you know? <laughs> she's, she's such she, i she's, think she's, in 2018 when i had read this originally emma stone was you know 
that movie star. I think mm-hmm. in 2023, Margot Robbie is, she is a movie star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so do, you, do you feel like now that like this is out and you, you can see it at home, it's not really playing so much in theaters anymore. Do you think this is going to be something that you would return to a lot? Or is this sort of like, like you said with La La Land where it's sort of something that exists as a, in your mind, theatrical sort of thing. How do you feel like it's going to like stay with you? I think it'll be very similar to La La Land. I think, I think for me, La La Land, part of the reason that I've seen it so many times and it resonated with me so much is because (laughs) I am a young actress. So obviously there's like, Mm -hmm compelling storylines for me um but i also think that this movie is something i will return to um just because i love the spectacle of it i've said that word before but it is just such a spectacle i think especially certain scenes um but yeah i definitely think it's something i would love to see in theaters again um when i saw la la land uh recently after i hadn't seen it for i don't know how many years it was just as exciting maybe not Hmm. just as exciting as the very first time i saw it but just as exciting as the year it came out and i would imagine that i would have a very similar experience with this movie if i were to see it again maybe in a couple years Mm -hmm. um it's not gonna be a movie that i watch like there's certain movies that i watch like four times a year like i don't think it's (laughs) gonna be one of those movies but um, it is a movie that I do think about, you know, in my day-to-day life. I think about this movie. I have been very excited to record this podcast because I wanted to talk about <laughs> it. Not a lot of people I know have seen this movie, which sucks. Yeah, um, not, not a lot of people in general have seen this movie, which is yeah, which really actually sucks. something I, I kind of wanted to talk about. Is that, is that like, does that worry you at all? That something like this with like such a, it's such a movie star movie and it's like, it's a, it's like a, as much like as much as a star as a director would be, I think Damien Chazelle is pretty much there, and the fact that this is like so, like I said, kind of uncut him, and it's these big, these huge, some of the biggest stars we have, and it just like it didn't really do very good business. Like, how do you feel about that? Um, it sucks, but I I'm not worried about it. Um, I think I personally have noticed. That, you know, everyone was worried about over the pandemic film was not doing so hot, especially film that was um, released in theaters. It was kind of a really weird time, weird time for movies, weird movies were coming out. But Mm -hmm. um, I think this year and especially in the last couple of months, I've seen such a change. And even though this movie didn't do fantastic, um, it really excites me that movies like this are being made like, and that um, we get to see movies like this in theaters. It had a mm-hmm. very wide release. So um, yeah, I, it, it doesn't worry me too much. And I know that like this kind of movie isn't for everybody. Um, like La La Land was not for everybody, but, <laughs> and I, it's, that's, that's just movies. That's just art. Um, so it, it's, I wish everybody saw it and loved it as much as I did, but that's okay. <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to talk about before we move on um, is the to- we touched on it briefly a couple times, but the Tobey Maguire scene. Um, 
So obviously he, um, Manny, um, and his assistant, um, meet with Tobey Maguire and they go to the party and I don't know if I read that part when I read the script a few years ago. Um, because I truly, I don't know if I've ever watched a movie where I truly, to that extent, had no idea was what was going to happen. I had no idea what was going to happen next. I was scared the whole time. I literally had my hands over my eyes and was peeking through my fingers. Um, the other part with this scene, it is my worst nightmare. I am horrified of one, people in scary masks. So that was not great. <laughs> but this, my worst nightmare is someone taking me somewhere that's like an underground party where they do scary things. Like that is actually my, like I have thought about that before. That is like. Before seeing this movie, that's so specific. Before se- no, that's why it's so scary is because. Some, no, that's why it's so horrifying is because I've had like the thought and I don't know where on earth I could have gotten this idea from. But like right. my worst nightmare is being taken somewhere where they're having a creepy underground party where people are punching each other and then there's people tied up and then there's an alligator and this guy eats live rats. I think maybe I've just seen too many movies, Uh, (laughs) but that is like my actual worst nightmare. And to see it played out like that in this movie when I wasn't expecting it, because it's also very jarring for the rest of the movie. Like it is so strange. Um, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever been more scared in my life. I don't know if I've ever been so, like, just what is going to happen next. Um, and, yeah, but at the same time, I think it was fantastic. It was so interesting. I th- It's moments like that where I get why people like scary movies and stuff like that. Because right. I was scared out of my mind, but I was having a great time. Um, yeah, like as, as much as I say yeah. it's not like I didn't find it totally necessary. It's you can't say it's not effective. Like it's See, that's it's, the it's, thing. It was just effective. Yeah, I, I felt like that. That was the last cut. That was really like the last moment where I was really, really locked into the movie. I, I did feel like hmm. it kind of just slowed to a stop at the end, and I, I really just I get what he was going for with the ending, but. I kind of felt like for me, the ending of the movie was the Tobey Maguire thing. Everything after that, wow. I just wasn't really connected with like the whole, the, it, it was, it was almost like a, it felt like a demo reel version of what they did in La La Land, which I think is like <laughs> an amazing ending. And I kind of feel like he went for the same sort of thing and just it, I get what he was doing with like going through sort of the history of the, or the, the sort of the, the future history of uh, cinema from, from the point of view of the, the time period of the movie but like it just it just felt so on like way too on the nose and it, it, it uh, yeah I, I the the sort of the Tobey Maguire stuff was really the last after that I was kind of like it, 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 it really kind of feels like like a kick in the ass it just kind of wakes you up and you're like whoa like <laughs> this Babylon's happening again this is this is getting this is getting weird again and it just I never felt like it got to that same level of like like that, it it if it, it had the same kind of like energy that the that the like the beginning of the movie had, which it kind of mm-hmm. I felt like it lulled a little, little bit. The Tobey Maguire part came, and 
he was just doing his thing being super creepy and yeah. i was kind of i was kind of into it and i felt like that was the last the last really effective section of the movie for me can i ask you then really quickly before we move on what did you think of the part where they flashed all the movies you know um avatar yeah, that, and all the yeah, that's I, I laughed out loud when I saw Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, guys, what are we doing here? Get out of here. I, I that, did have a moment of a little bit of cringe, but I'm I'm like a bit of a sucker for that too. <laughs> I I just like that, that was the, that's what I'm talking about. That's the part where it, I just I was just like, come on, like that's just way too that's just that's just way too on the nose. I get it. I get it. You like movies. <laughs> movies echo through time, and we they're influence. They influence each other. Things happen. Time moves on. I get it, Damien. I get it. But like, come on. Yeah, that part was. But I mean, funny. You, you know that uh, that James Cameron only uh, only gave him the Terminator Two clip if he could use Avatar, so he had to throw it in there. So true. You know what? You might. Be right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my theory on that. He's like, listen, you could use you could use the 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 Terminator stuff, but you got to throw some uh, you got to throw ten seconds of Avatar into the end of there. <laughs> yeah, it, that but, part was kind of a little funny. <laughs> I did laugh a little mm-hmm. bit, but I yeah, didn't. I, I also just I also just felt like like I not there wasn't a ton like post <laughs> post Tobey Maguire that tied up super nicely for me. I, I actually I did like the. The, uh, I thought the ending for Margot Robbie's character was like, I actually didn't think he was going to go to that point, And I actually appreciate that he did because that felt, it felt like, I think it would have been a cop out if he hadn't done that, if they actually had stayed together. So I did like that, but the, like the, the Brad Pitt part just felt like kind of like a swing and a miss to me that I was supposed to really feel that moment of his suicide. And I just, and even the last, his last kind of scene with Gene Smart talking about kind of his legacy felt very, like I've, I've just seen that before. It felt kind of obvious to me mm. and Manny's resolution. A lot, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the resolutions didn't felt very kind of easy to me. I kind of was hoping for a little bit more. So the, the ending was a little disappointing for me. I don't know if they felt easy to me. I think, um, maybe I'm an idiot, but I wasn't, super I think maybe I was just too caught up in the movie I wasn't really thinking about the ending while I was watching it I wasn't Mm. expecting parts of it um so I I always like a movie ending where I'm not expecting it and I kind of don't know what's gonna happen um with Margot Robbie um and man and Diego um I the whole time I was watching their last little bit together I could not stop thinking about the fact that I've seen that in another movie and I don't know what movie the (laughs) whole bit where they stumble upon like a little Mexican dance party. I swear to God, I've seen that in something. I actually, now that you mentioned, I feel like I've that I kind of had a similar thought when I watched it too. It was like, it just, it felt kind of, like a deja vu moment for a second there. I was like, exactly. Okay, exactly. I literally, yeah. like, I've seen this before and I could not for the life of me remember where. Yeah. It was such, like, it wasn't just, like, the idea of the story either. It was, like, I feel like I've seen this shot before. Oh, my God. I'll mm-hmm. have to think about it. Yeah, we'll have to do some brainstorming on that. <laughs> yeah. 
But do you have anything else you want to say about uh, about Babylon? I could go on forever, but perhaps we should move on to our last segment. All right. So, so before uh, before we sign off here, I did want to have a bit of a uh, kind of more broad conversation, kind of jumping off of Babylon, because I noticed, like like I said in this movie, it felt it felt very much like it, this this could be if this was Damien Chazelle's like the last movie he ever made, that would kind of it would make sense in a way it kind of feels like, like he it almost feels like he said everything that he would say. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I've noticed that a lot with the movies specifically in, uh, in 2022, I actually made a, uh, made a list uh, just before we recorded just off the top of my head. Uh, I was thinking specifically of um, a very similar thing with um, Steven Spielberg and the Fablemans, uh, which is like a, him, like, I mean, Steven Spielberg's been around for for mm-hmm. ages. You know, he's been around forever, and now just now being the time where he chooses to make this very personal, very, very kind of bombastic, big, like making like his most personal story. And the, I, same with like James Gray, who's a director I, for the most part, really love. Uh, Armageddon Time this year, which is sort of similar, like an uh, kind of semi autobiographical film, and then guys like like Noah Baumbach who made White Noise, which I, I loved, but I'm a huge fan of the book. I think if you're not a fan, you're not going <laughs> to enjoy that movie. But just the fact that uh, same with uh, like him and uh, Robert Eggers, who made The Northman this year, like those are h- similar to Babylon, like huge, huge swings. Real, like like they, they're taking these the studio money and they're making these huge, not super commercial movies. And it's kind of amazing that they're getting the money, especially like something like White Noise. Like I think that was like a 200 or like 150 200 million dollar movie for netflix and like fairly niche not not super commercial and it, and it makes me think is that the fact that all these these kind of really big kind of brand name directors are taking these big swings and kind of telling these these very specific very personal stories to them is that a bad sign that maybe we're not going to be getting these like these guys are not going to be able to get the resources to make these again, and they're because that's kind of my theory is that guys like uh, like Robert Eggers or like James Gray don't feel like they're going to have the opportunity to do something like this in a couple of years, and so they're telling these stories now. Do you have do you have a uh, any thoughts on that? I do, I do have. I have lots. I have lots. Do you of- think that's kind of a bad sign? Yeah, um, I see what you mean, and I think. I think you might be right or onto something, but I don't think that it's true. If that makes sense. I'll, I'll talk about what I mean. Mm-hmm. I do agree. I think um, a lot of people are nervous about, like I mentioned earlier, people are nervous about the future of movies and sort of where, um, especially like theatrical released movies and sort of these big spectacle movies um, or personal project kind of movies are headed um, in the world of streaming and everything like that. Um, and I think partially the reason that we've seen so many of them recently is because of the pandemic. I think people had a really long time to sit and think about you know, mm-hmm. they finally had the like time. Reflection. Yeah. yeah, they had the time to write the things that they've always wanted to write. And I mean, a lot of yeah. people have said that. So I think part of it is because of that. I think that's why we're seeing so many of them is 
people and, or almost like like overcompensating for the fact that we didn't yeah, have stuff like this happen during so. the pandemic i think so i think there's a little bit of that and i think that's why a lot of these movies are getting funded as well as because we did have a couple years where there was a lot of nothing movies so people were interested in funding movies that were something um and then people mm-hmm. had these things um ready to start working on so i think that's partially why um and i do think people are scared of where where film is going um i think that's something that's something i've heard a lot from people is you know is move our movies dead are our um beautiful movies like a lot of these dead and something it reminded me of especially when you were talking is um when i was in theater school um we read i can't for the life of me remember what it was from but You're having a tough time with the the recall on this I episode. I know how humiliating. <laughs> I can't remember anything. Apparently, this was years ago that we read this. Um, we read something, and it was talking about how, oh my god, theater's dying. Theater's dead. And people to this day say theater's dying. Theater's dead. Mm-hmm. And I just I think it's one of those things like people have been saying theater's dead since forever theater's not dead theater you can find theater in most major cities you can see find some semblance of like thriving theater and i I mean if you look at new york theater is thriving right i I just went to a great play like a couple days ago exactly (laughs) i think it's just one of those things people always think art is dying um and i think especially these last few years especially with um, advancements in technology. I mean, we look at AI and all the um, ethical problems people are having with these AI things in the creative spaces. People are really scared. But I am one of those people who thinks like, it will always work out in the end. Theater's not dead. Movies aren't dead. Sometimes we go through weird years, especially under the circumstances we were under the last few years. I'm not worried about the movies. I'm not worried about theaters. I'm not worried about where we're going um, in terms of who's getting funding, what kind of stories are being made. We might have some growing pains in terms of uh, streaming movies, but I'm not particularly worried. Um, And I mean, if we look at um, the drama around streaming services the last even just few days... I would be more worried about streaming services. I don't know if they're the long-term solution to things. So I would not be worried about the future of these kinds of things. But I do think that is like part of the reason that these movies are being made right now. Yeah, that's refreshingly optimistic. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I definitely see what you say. Like, I mean... When you were talking about that, what it really, what I was really thinking about was, uh, like they say that about, you know, like like music too, like 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 yeah. people have been saying that like punk punk music is dead, like rock music is dead. There, people are still like people will never stop making punk rock, exactly. or rock music. You know, it's I, I definitely see what you mean there. It's, it's the thing I'm I'm kind of thinking about more like right now is just uh, I think it's I'm wondering if the fact that it seems like there's just with, with something like Babylon or with white noise, like Netflix giving Noah Baumbach like a hundred plus million dollars to make this very esoteric, weird sort of artsy movie. If they're, 
the fact that there seems to be kind of this fundamental disconnect between the people funding the movies and the actual audiences, if that means that there's going to be less of these projects moving forward and that there, there, there's going to be less uh, risk it, risk taking, especially with, because there's always going to be the Blumhouses of the world who will spend, you know, $2 million on a weird movie and just see what happens. And we get something like barbarian or something, mm-hmm. something crazy, but uh, it, it does, it kind of makes me wonder about the future of big Hollywood bombastic movies like Babylon and whether there is, uh, a future for uh, for something like that, and, and if like someone like Damien Chazelle can keep going bigger, or because it feels like he just keeps getting going bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. and like I feel the same way about someone like like Jordan Peele, for example. I wonder mm-hmm. if he because like with with Nope this year, I feel like you can't go similar to with Babylon. You just can't go that much bigger than that. Like, do all these guys start going some more like smaller and more intimate, or do you just keep trying to one up yourself constantly until you reach a point of no return? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's the dilemma with mm-hmm. creating things like this. There's you can always go bigger, and I think I think <laughs> especially I mean we talk about things like this, but if you look at movies like Nope, there's still an audience out there for movies like this, and certain movies mm-hmm. will do great at the box office. Obviously, Nope did fantastic; people loved it. Um, mm-hmm. I also think. Um, coming out of the pandemic, I think in the few years, it'll probably take a few years to truly be able to tell. But I th- I think things will likely go back to maybe even better than they were before. I, I think it's not the end for movies like this. Um, being at big studios and stuff. Um, like I said, I have no I have very low hopes for streamers. So they can fund whatever they want, but I, I don't think that's like the future of movies by any means. So I'm not mm. worried about if they're going to continue to fund stuff like this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel so weird about streamers, but I'm a bit of an old person, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not as down on streamers as, as you are, I think, yeah, I'm because I'm, I'm more, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, like I think it's pretty clear from this conversation. I'm less into the sort of spectacle of filmmaking. I would mm-hmm. m- almost every time I would pick like a Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, just like just a couple guys in a room talking. I would pick that kind of movie or over something big and bombastic like this. That's really more my style because I'm all about just the, the writing is is really like I mean I I'm a writer I write so that's that's really what I always focus on. So I'm not I'm I'm actually more uh interested in or i'm more optimistic about the streamers and the fact that they they can Mm. do like i said like the blumhouse model of doing interesting like like spending you know a million dollars five million dollars on some small weird projects that might not work but they might be really really good and and get with have word of mouth and have good buzz i think that that stuff is way more interesting to me and that's more where my my uh my optimism lies, I would say. So mm. I'm definitely on a sort of on, on the other side there, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think we should all try and practice uh, radical optimism about movies like Lauren. <laughs> I'm a complete optimist. <laughs> like we should I'm all try to be more like you. <laughs> Let's all try to be more like Lauren. <laughs> I just always think 
things always work out in the end, you know? And I think that's a really broad statement. And obviously, because we can tell, I would apply that to almost any situation. Like, obviously, it not everything, you know, rainbows and unicorns all the time. But in the grand scheme of things, I just feel like things always work out. And art is such an integral part of our society and our world. I'm not... I'm not worried about its future. I think I think uh, that's uh, as good a place as anything to wrap it up. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, a beacon of uh, a beacon of hope. Uh, the last thing before we go, if uh, if Damien Chazelle ends up listening to this, which he, the good chance he will, uh, do you have anything you want to say to him? <laughs> um, I would say. Also, Damien, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. I love you and I'm sorry. I would say, oh my God, I love your work. Um, I would say, <laughs> give me a couple years and then cast me in your next movie. I'm <laughs> currently 22, but don't worry. I'm ready. Um, get, wait till I'm like Margot Robbie's age and we'll work something out. Um, yeah, if you need, I don't know, La La Land sequel, I'm available. Uh, you can or find my Instagram. It's probably uh, or prequel. Um, we you- could do that now. You're young enough. We could do that now. Oh my god! <laughs> you can, um, we'll link my Instagram or something. You can reach out. Yeah, f- follow her on Letterboxd. Follow me on Letterboxd. No, maybe <laughs> don't. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> the Kardashians, five stars. I'd say. Um, <laughs> honestly, to be serious though. Um, La La Land really encouraged me. Oh my god, I'm about to cry. Um, encouraged me to like. <laughs> I'm literally about to cry. Pursue like acting in a way that I hadn't before. Oh my god, I'm mm. literally gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, love that movie. <laughs> wow, that's a. Uh, that's kind of how I felt about. Uh, uh, drumming and whiplash funny enough that movie really like kicked my ass I was like oh my god I gotta do this more I got like I gotta do that so I, I, I Damien you're a you're a you're out here inspiring the youths <laughs> <laughs> I used to listen to the soundtrack of La La Land in my English class while I did not do my work obviously and like just dream about <laughs> acting <laughs> wow Awesome. All right. So that, uh, yeah. Any, any last words or, uh, should we get out of here? No, I'll probably cry if I start talking. Again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the show. We, uh, we have, we now have, uh, if you haven't seen by now an Instagram page, mm-hmm. which, uh, things are happening on there. So follow us on there or, uh, like I said, follow my, uh, my letterbox to see all the things I'm talking about. Cause Lauren didn't let me talk about all the things I want to talk about. Cause this podcast it's, is going to be three hours long, Yeah, <laughs> but some of them I'm going to save. Uh, but uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram, letterbox. Do what's your, do, and, uh, uh, what's your letterbox? What's your, uh, it's just my, uh, it's just my first and last name. Maybe I should change it. <laughs> so yeah. Make it something more fun. But for now it's, it's, it's just, it's just all me. Um, mine is, yeah. uh, we'll have it linked, but mine is, uh, I can't fix that. Um, long story. Um, and yeah. <laughs> the Instagram is Cine Club Podcast One, the number one. Yes. Yeah, number one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. We'll talk at you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.